Thanks for listening to Talk and Rock in the Basement. I'm Tom. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. It's the big dog. And it's the big dog. Jokes. So I can't tell you why, guys, but I say we take it easy this episode. One of these nights like tonight, we can't let it be wasted time by taking it easy, Tom. Well, if we don't, it'll be already gone, guys. It's got to be a peaceful, easy feeling, so we won't have a heartache tonight. Tom, quit being a victim of love. You're sounding desperado. I mean desperate. Well, this is the last resort before I take it to the limit, but I guess if we're going to live life in the fast lane, I might as well get over it. How long before you belong to the city and give us your dirty laundry, Tommy? I guess those will work, Jones, but I'll tell you, since I've had no more walks in the wood, I have been pretty busy being fabulous. Tom, I'm, I'm on the border with those last ones. We didn't get to do pretty maids all in a row. Uh, I'd have lion eyes, Ben, if I told you I wanted that one in, and only a certain kind of fool could get it to work anyway. All right, I finally get it. Let's go in the city we are where we are the new kid in town, and we'll head to Hotel California, and I'll finally become an... Outlaw man. I don't know about those shoes, Jones. You'll look more like the disco strangler. Look, quick, an eagle. Here we go. Welcome to Talkin' Rock in the Basement. This is uh, Saturday, June 6th, D-Day, a day of remembrance. It is. Um, I recommend watching Saving Private Ryan or The Longest Day. Get you in the right mood. Uh, Saving Ryan's Private. Saving. That one's also good. I definitely recommend that one. It's also good. Did we ever figure out if we're taking it easy this episode or not? Never. Never. Okay, yeah. So I lost on that one. High strung. High, very high strung. Uh, But we're outside again. We're out of Chris's carport. Jones is opening cold ones. We're, we in the, we're in the backyard. We're in the backyard, out of the carport. On the patio. On, on the patio. Uh, the AC units were too loud over there. We got some complaints that they were too loud in the background, and they uh, were kind of drowning our noise out. This so, is perfect. So hopefully this is loud enough. There's nothing uh, drowning us out. Might get a little windy. It was a little windy earlier, so you might hear that like we're in a windstorm. Heatwall, can you hear us? Can you hear us, Heatwall? Hello? 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 Yeah. Tommy, how long have you been a weatherman? Uh, first day. How's it going so far? terrible yeah okay i might i might i might quit but you may have noticed the episode uh kind of doing a little uh talking rock in the basement supplemental episode kind of adding in a series now called rock solo um i uploaded a mini episode like 17 20 minutes something it's eh, you know something like that i don't remember exactly might be exactly 17 minutes i don't know why i said 20 but it's a little episode that little series that we're doing to kind of get to know the members of Talkin' Rock in the Basement a little bit more. Um, so I kind of did a focus on this last week, just why I love Tom Petty, and um, just kind of why I'm even doing this whole podcast stuff anyway. Um, and this next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview Chris and kind of get to know Chris a little bit more. <laughs> and then hopefully in the uh, weeks uh, coming up after that, maybe Jones and even Ben. Never! Never. Yeah. <laughs> Not Jones. Maybe we can get Ben. I we'll don't have know. to send an NDA and all that stuff. We'll figure know. it out. Um, but look for those. I'm probably going to post those every Wednesday as, as we post uh, Talking Rock <laughs> every Saturday. But we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, but we got uh, we had no fan mail today. None. None. Zip. Nada. We, but 
only Heatwall still loves us, and we always appreciate Heatwall's questions. So he's got a great question that's going to really make blow our minds and really get us <laughs> thinking. We're really excited for it. Um, but then we're going to talk about our favorite supergroups today. So we talked about uh, Chris Cornell being a member of Audio Slave and Temple of the Dog last week. So we wanted to uh, talk about kind of our favorite supergroups because those two groups are supergroups. We have too long of a silence. The, co the cops come. What was that? Um, Chris, uh, the heat is on, I think. Um, and Jones was talking about this earlier. What were you saying about the heat is on, Jones? We're not talking about the weather. Indeed, we are not. Uh, Heatwall does come to us with a, a great question again. Um, he writes, our country is at a time of civil unrest. Name three songs that put you at ease, no matter what the circumstances. Tell a story if you got one for the song. Um, so he gives us ours. He has uh, number one, Otis Redding, sitting, out, sitting on the dock of the bay. Great one. Uh, Bill Withers, Lean on Me, and Chris Cornell, I Am the Highway, uh, live songbook. I love you guys. Later. What was the first one you said? Uh, Otis Redding. Oh, yes. The bay. Yes, yeah. that is a great one. That always That is a favorite of me. Heatwell. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, a great song. It's a great song, and it's a great question. And thanks yeah. again, Heatwall, for uh, always being consistent and writing into us. Very timely. Yeah, because, you know, it is crazy times right now. We all need to relax and just, uh, I don't know, focus on what's fun, what makes you happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. I got a few that definitely make me relaxed. And I've been listening to these since uh, early on in high school. Um, the first one is with uh, the artist Jerry Rafferty. And this guy, any one of his songs gets me relaxed, but right down the line. Anytime I hear it, I just automatically just uh, yeah, that's chill good. out. I haven't heard the song in years. I haven't heard that in a long we time. We might have to play it tonight. We after definitely will. We will. If you're listening yeah, right definitely. now, go ahead and pause it. Listen yeah. to uh, Jerry Rafferty right down the line. And, and then come right back to us. Yeah, it's Edit been a while. So, yeah, yeah you can be a little bit more chill. But the next one I got, a um, little more... People don't like, because it's James Taylor. People don't like James Taylor as much I like as Taylor. I do. Oh. Well, I was really looking towards uh, Jones over yeah. there. He's, uh, we saw James as he, Taylor. As he gives a sigh of disgust. Yeah. We saw James Taylor open for the <laughs> Way Eagles. Way too slow. Yeah. Uh, but the song of James Taylor that relaxes me as well is called Mexico. Yeah. One of my favorite songs. Always puts me as, at ease. Or it kind of reminds me of some Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Like, very chill. It's it's just what I'm in. I'm more into chill music, uh, kind of easygoing rock, more than, like, the heavy metal stuff. Uh, but James Taylor always gets me. And my last one, uh, this one's by uh, Israel. Um, anybody do a drum roll? Do we have that app? Do we have a drum roll? <laughs> Israel, his last name, Kamaka uh, Vivo Ole. I was practicing that before to get that right. Israel, Kamaka Vivo Ole. Yeah, the, the judges did not like it, but uh, his song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, always relaxes oh, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, That one always gets me. Um, 100%. Always gets me relaxed. So those are my three. Right down the line, That's Mexico. Good one to cuddle with the guys. Oh, <laughs> again, we'll be doing that <laughs> yeah. after this, after we record this episode as well, and then somewhere over the rainbow. So you're getting me at ease. It's the those easy three, and I'll be a with a putty in your hand. You can do anything you want. Oh, I'm looking that. at you, Chris. I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> oh, at all. Oh yeah, it's off script. <gasps> it's all off script. Um, yeah, but no, uh, that is a great question. Um, and three kind of came to me immediately, just because. Um, Stressful times lately, but uh, the first one is uh, it's a song called Time is Dancing by uh, Ben Howard, who is my all-time favorite artist. Um, song's just super chill. Uh, it, it's just, it, it is my 
probably my number one favorite song. So you sent us your top ten yeah. favorite albums. We still need to do that episode because we did my top ten favorite yeah. albums uh, months ago. Months ago, and we yeah. still need to do everybody's uh, albums. We only got mine because you know this whole craziness happened, pandemic. So that one, uh, you had maybe one or two Ben Howard albums. I think two Ben one. Howard albums. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. it's um, I haven't gotten into those yet. I've kind of gotten under your your other eight. Yeah, but yeah. not the, Ben, not those ben two. Howard is definitely a uh, a slower. Mm-hmm. Um, not as heavy uh, artist. Shower tunes. Uh, similar to shower tunes, right. but not not falling directly and into the, shower. The, tunes. the great thing oh. ab- about the yeah. shower tunes in the shower, Chris's crazies in the shower, uh, is you can cry and nobody sees your tears because the the waters nobody. is falling all over yeah. you. That's and what, it's that's just you. It's just you in the right. water. Right. And I I actually gave Chris some uh some shower songs. He did. Way. Yeah. We were yeah. listening to Chris and I in the dark, close together, yeah. alone. Listen to some Conway Twitty, yeah, and he was, uh, he was like, ooh, I'm going to have to add this to the shower list. 100%. Did you listen to Somewhere Over the Rainbow first? Oh, no. I we, wish we, we would have. We did listen to Somewhere Over the Rainbow the other day. <laughs> I think, well, no, I, I did because it was- We're supposed to talk about that, Chris. Yeah. Chris, I, I, we talked It's a special time. Um, it was his birthday uh, a few weeks ago. It was. And I saw that, and so I listened to it, and I was like, man, this, that's why it was in my it's head so lately. Um, yeah, I was like, I got to put it on the list, um, and I got to play it. Yeah, but I'm alone with Chris. Uh, but Time is Dancing by Ben Howard. Uh, Love on the Weekend by John Mayer. Uh, just a feel-good tune. Just great melody. It just it puts, puts you in a good mood. Um, and then Wildflowers by Tom Petty. Um, it just immediately... I could be sad, angry, tired, whatever. That just puts me at ease. Uh, it's, a, it's one of my favorite songs. Um, Wildflowers is a great song yeah. from a great album. Yeah, I mean, there's it's nothing heavy. It's it he keeps it light. It is it's just great. So you belong among the wildflowers. You do, Chris. Uh, those are good. Go get in the flowers, Chris. Go jump in. Yeah, I really like that uh, John Mayer loving on the weekend. Yeah, I saw. yeah, that's, that's a, great, a good one. It's a great call. The other John Mayer song always puts me at relax. What's the name of it? It's new like neon lights or uh, uh, new light. New light. Yeah, I love yeah. that one. Always puts that me is at good. that's a good well. one. I yeah, like that yeah. song a lot. John Mayer's a man. Yeah, his whole discography. Should be on this. Well, yeah, a lot of his stuff is very re- relaxing. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking of um, one, obviously, uh, one that we discussed earlier, Peaceful, Easy Feeling by uh, the Eagles. That's one that's just that's good. very smooth, relaxing. I mean, obviously. Says it, says it in the title. Right. <laughs> um, another one for me that puts me in a good mood, happy, not necessarily super relaxed, but um, – it can take me from a bad place to a good place is uh, Snow Heyo by uh, oh, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers. <clears throat> One yes. of my favorite artists. Stadium Arcadium. That's a great yeah. album. Great Phenomenal album. Phenomenal album. Yeah. Um, and then a third one. I mean, there, there's a lot. I have, but um, one that came to my mind is uh, "Lazy Eye" by the Silver Sun Pickups. It's really yeah, good. that's good. Yeah. Silver Sun Pickups are solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might listen to that one after because I, yeah. I don't. It's not coming to mind right it's, now. It's the one. It's good. Uh, it's the music attic. video with the bassist that we all like. Oh, uh, <laughs> all, all like the kids in some like bar. Yeah, the music video is ridiculous. But I was Ben always because uh, we hang out in our old place. Yeah, Ben would always play music videos, playing his Ben's beats. Ben's, Ben's it, beats. It just set the mood right. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, that, that's a good. That's and we a can good we choice. can never remember what the what the song titles are. No, no. So we we have to ask always then, have Ben and Jones. And then we don't have Ben and Ben's in Mexico or yeah. Colombia somewhere. We're like, what is the name of that song? Yeah. We can't contact Ben. Yeah. We have to go to Jones, and Jones uh, always comes through. Well, yeah, Jones pulled that out in like ten seconds, and I've What's never been. What's the song? I've never, been, I've no, never been more impressed with Jones. In my and I, life. I, don't get me wrong, I, I've never been impressed with Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you, man. Yeah, okay. If, I got, if there I, wasn't a Shazam, you'd have to four one one 
Jones. It really Jones would have Joe. a lot more uh, use in my life. Yeah, let's take it back to the early '90s. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> All right, for me, uh, I got a lot of songs like that, but uh, I wrote a couple down. But for me, I was I was gonna go GNR, knocking on heaven's door. But then I I thought about it a little bit more, and I figured to go with Civil War because. What's so civil about war anyway? Yeah, that's, I love that. That's my favorite part uh, of the song. Yeah. Phenomenal song, and the lyrics are great. So I go with that because of the time we're in, and nothing good comes out of, you know, haste or yeah, That's anger. one of those songs that just gives you chills when you think about sure. it. Sure. No, and uh, Axel sings it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, the second one, uh, I go with Seagull by Bad Company. Paul Rogers' voice on that song, uh, basically what he's talking about and what I take from it um, is he's talking about like just being at peace and just doing what you want and just being completely in a, a state of calm and relax. And what I take from that and uh, my personal thought of the song is it's like I'm at the beach and I'm just in the lawn, you know, I'm just in the chair. I've got nothing to do all day. Just let the, you know, tide hit my feet. I got a cold beer in my hands. And I just see seagulls flying over the ocean. And it's just a complete, you know, state of calm and relaxation. See, we, we got to listen to that one, too. Yeah. And we got some serious lists coming we got, up. Yeah, we got after, a good playlist coming up. After we hang out, dude, we're going to all be so chilled. We're going to be like yeah. that, uh, the, 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 the weed commercial when they're like just like a, a puddle on the couch. We're like, what's wrong with you guys, man? And then the third song I have is Against the Wind by, yeah. we all know, Bob Seger. That's a great one. Because... There's no friction when you're listening to Bob Seger. None. Moving eight miles a minute for months at a time. And if there is, you're doing it wrong. Breaking all the rules that would bend. You know what I'm saying, man? I, I do. I, I, and, do. Uh, I actually have a... Uh, I'm breaking the rules right here, but uh, I got a little encore for you, man. Ooh, have oh, at it. Tumbling Dice by oh. Rolling Stones. Oh, That's a really good one. I'm freestyling on that, and it just came to my mind because it's such a relaxing song. And it's definitely about a state of calm, and I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, there's so many great songs. That's what a great thing about music that we love. It's, it's rock and roll, but there's still songs that will put you at ease and, you know, make life is going to be okay. You know, yeah. that's that's the beauty of music. Life goes on. We love and, it. And can't, yeah. got to make the most of it. That's the great thing about artists is they could make you feel how you want to feel, and they could put you in any cert, sort of mood that you really want to be in, whether it's a, a state of calm whether it's aggressive, whether it's a, in a deep spiral, For sure. or it's in a let's party type of mode. And that's what's great about music is you could be in any you know aspect of life you want to be in just by the type of artist you choose to listen to. Right, and I love Peter Frampton. Like, do you feel <laughs> like you do? Kills it. All right. The, the heat is off. Heat is right. off. The heat is off. That was a fire extinguisher. Good work with the fire extinguisher, Tom. Right. I had to pull it out. It was getting a little hot. Heat was brought. Get a little too close. I thought you just it's had off. some chili. That was a <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> escaping gas. The sound effects are never as great as you hope. They it was to about be. to burn this whole place down. <laughs> right. The, heat, it was gonna, the fire was getting a little bit out of hand, so we had to we had to control it. But, you know, turn it off. But, so, uh, super groups is what we're talking about. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about these things. Uh, we we talked a little a little bit earlier about Chris Cornell last week. What, what is a super group though? So a super group is uh, you have a group like a band that forms 
that uh, the members like already have are a successful like solo career or already a successful music career in another band where they already like have a prominent and already like established. Yeah. And then they kind of get together. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. No. That that's a that's a good definition. Straight mm-hmm. taken from Webster. Uh, yeah. It's a it's I about do. a group. And they're all formed based upon things that they've done in their previous career. Right, because mm-hmm. we talked about Audio Slave with Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell was with Soundgarden, and the rest of the guys in Audio Slave was Rage Against the Machine because yeah. they lost their uh, lead singer. I could never remember his name, ever. Zach De La Roca. That's right. Uh, and so then Chris Cornell, the rest of the Rage Against the Machine guys got together, formed yeah. Audio Slave, and that's yeah. how a baby is made. Perfect harmony. True. Right. And we also talked about Temple of the Dog, which... Um, yeah. Uh, Eddie Vedder was a part of that, and of course he he wasn't really popular then, but he later became popular. So it's, you know, it's cool, it's great. They're they're great, but um, <clears throat> one of my favorite supergroups. We talk about it many times on the show. Uh, it has to be the Traveling Wilburys. I feel like this is the like the super of supergroups, the supergroups of supergroups. Like they're the all time great because you have these these like predominantly known artists on this level that's like never been done before because you had Tom Petty yeah from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers George Harrison from the Beatles Roy Ar- Orbison who was great in the 50s who sang Pretty Woman uh, you have Jeff Lynne who was great from uh, ELO and his uh, producing career and then of course Bob Dylan who's huge on his own as well and they all came together and formed one group and they came out with a couple albums first album is phenomenal second album is has a couple hits but of course Roy Orbison died uh, so the first album came out in October of 89 and then Roy Orbison died like December of 1989, two months after this uh, album came out of the heart attack. Yeah. So he was not able to be on the second album. So it's it's it's. I feel like it's not that volume same. three. Yeah, vol- they call it volume oh. three to, to confuse everybody. Um, but it's it's not the same sound. But they have a, gr- a lot of great hits and kind of kind of Bob Dylan heavy. Um, so if you're into that Bob Dylan sound, maybe it would suit you more, um, which doesn't necessarily suit me. But there are decent songs. This is when you could understand him as well. You can you can understand him, yes. <laughs> so it has that part of the aspect. Hey Tommy, before you get too deep, do you want to give the listeners a uh, tutorial on how the uh, Traveling Wilburys got formed? Yeah, so it's, it was all George Harrison. So Tom Petty actually went on record <clears throat> talking about George Harrison, said it was George's band. It was always George's band. It was a dream yeah. he had for a long time. So George Harrison's kind of like the he was the ignition and the glue. So he kind of uh, he was friends to everybody and. Jeff Lynne knew Tom Petty because they were recording together, and George Harrison was friends with Tom Petty, and they happened to use Bob Dylan's studio, and then they kind of asked, because George Harrison had this single, uh, Handle With Care, and they're like, this Octopus's is... Octopus's Garden? <laughs> that, that one's great, too. <laughs> I few, got a, a song about octopuses. A few, <laughs> a few years prior and Ringo Starr, but close, Ben, very close. Um, but they kind of got together. They had this great single, and... We initially got together just so George Harrison kind of put make an album behind this, and then it just kind of organically happened where they all just joined together. Like, why don't we just yeah. do an album together? And then they, they uh, I can't remember who was who got Roy Orbison in the band, but one of them like asked him, and he was like, oh, "I'm all about it." Um, oh, I think it was Jeff Lynne because Jeff Lynne was, was Jeff, Jeff Lynne yeah, was working. He was, he was producing one of his albums. He's producing the last album that Roy Orbison did. So Roy Orbison produced a, uh, his own solo album, or Roy Orbison. Uh, performed his uh, solo album and Traveling Wilburys at the very end. So he really went out on top. And th- that's what I kind of love about supergroups is n- I feel like none of these supergroups are guys that are saying, look, we're all on top. Let's all get mm-hmm. together and make an, you know, 
and and automatically we're gonna sell whatever. They're they're like, hey, like I like your stuff, I like your style. Let's just jam, you know. And something comes of it, like that. I love that, and I love that 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 is possible in you know the artistic world of music. Yeah, I mean they're all friends. They're all easygoing guys. Nobody has this kind of complex about but, them. But you don't see that now. No, no one does that now. No, you don't really see super groups like that, and uh, you don't have the rock stars like that anymore. You know. Yeah, no. It's it's a completely different ballgame well, nowadays. Yeah, people playing on computers now. Yeah, you know, whatever's hip, whatever's in. That's yeah, I cool. like that, Tommy. Thanks for uh, taking us. Is there anything you could else that I missed out that I feel like, I don't know, I got a little sidetracked as I get, a, a spaz brain over here. Um, but it, it it's just great because it's just so organic. It's just happened, you know. Like, you, if you tried to make that happen, you couldn't. It was just kind of yeah. like, hey, like everything just, all everything was in the line. All ducks in a row. Yeah, no, I, I think you did a great job explaining that, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jones. I'm gonna I, uh, I'm gonna need a gold star later if but, you. Uh, but you have no, me. to more of Tom Tom's point. If you try to put that group together, it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. It has to ha- happen organically. Yeah, it can't be forced. Yeah, no, none of that. Agree. Just like us, as I force this episode to happen. Yeah. No, no, no comment. No comment. Yeah, tension. I, I, I don't, lot, have, I don't lot, have a gun to my head. A lot of tension underbellies here. We don't. We don't really talk tension. about it. Yeah, tension, All right, tension. Tommy, let's get to your second group. A second group. Well, we could talk about whatever groups. I got a few uh, groups that I would like to address today. Um, start the conversation. I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm trying to start, um, Ben. I'm doing what I can. But I I, uh, I want an organic conversation, just like how Charlie Groobers are formed. Yeah, I want, yeah. you know, we're just talking about conversation. You guys have a spark of so, some other group, then oh, Ben has something. Let me get out of the way. Well, I, I, I was... Uh, I was clarifying you the definition of supergroups at the beginning because maybe some of the listeners don't really know what a supergroup means. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily know what is a supergroup, what is not a supergroup, because I Googled, you know, classic rock supergroups, and the Foo Fighters came up. They did. Yeah, they're technically yeah. a supergroup. Technically they are, you know, yeah. and I don't think of them as necessarily a supergroup. No. Agreed. I mean, and Led Zeppelin's technically a supergroup as right. well. Right. Yeah, so... I mean, I think there's some out there. Cream is technically a supergroup. Right. Yeah, cream, the first, cream is. The first super cream group. is yeah. a supergroup. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, Bad Company, you know, they have great hits. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them out there. There are. There, there are more supergroups that I enjoy than I thought. I, I yeah. Thought, I was like. I, uh, I agree with that, Ben, yeah. because yeah. I, was, I went through the whole list of supergroups from, like, the very start of supergroups, and I was like, Oh, I didn't know that they were considered a super group. Right. And then I was like, I'm going through this list, and I'm probably scrolling for a good five minutes. And I was like, crap, I did not know that there was this many super groups. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I know a lot of the groups, um, I guess the newest one I didn't know about, like the Postal Service. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, stuff like that. Like Highwayman was. Well, yeah. we knew we knew Highwayman. No, but I, you know, Highwayman is one of my favorite. We can get to that one. Too. I am a Highwayman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a sailor. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to listen to that tonight. <laughs> 100%. Yes, dude. This list is growing. Damn, yeah, we, we got a we got a playlist tonight, boys. Be four a.m. Not happening. Cheeks. Uh, yeah, Ben. I'm uh, turning this thing down. Yeah. Shut it down. Uh, for ordering some pizzas, maybe, but uh, I haven't had dinner yet. Ben, we, yeah, you we gotta we, have dinner before we'll you come. We'll get some zanya. Get this man something to eat. Chris, we don't want him going. Chris south. has no time to say pizza. He has to say za. There's no time. Um, no time. <laughs> Elongated za too. Same <laughs> yeah, za. that's a busy man. <laughs> As I choke on my cigar. Oh, oh yeah, so you're going to do a roundtable, Tommy? Is that what you're trying to say, or are you trying well, to just open it up for questions? Because you can't start a fire without a spark. Well, well let's <laughs> – I like that. We let's let's <laughs> just open it up. So, like, one of the things that, like, one of the super groups that Tommy introduced it. me to 
but uh, only knew one song was uh, Damn Yankees, which I, I absolutely love. Um, so I did a deep dive on their album and listened to their album. Phenomenal album, self-titled album. Um, and that is, it's uh, comprised um, mm-hmm. of Tommy Shaw from Styx, uh, Jack uh, Blade from Night Ranger, uh, Ted, Nug- uh, Ted Nugent from uh, Amboy Dukes. Never and, heard of him. Oh, and I don't, I'm going to mess Bob up his McGee. name. Michael Cardelloni. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he was so he's a he's a kind of a he was kind of an underground drummer, but then he started drumming for Leonard. Yeah, Skinner. Yeah, he was a studio musician that yeah. then later be uh, he played with Leonard Skinner. Phenomenal. He did a Guitar Center session. He's an amazing drummer. You should definitely check him out if you're into that t- type of thing. What's Let me na- guess. You saw him at a jazz festival. What's his name again? Uh, Michael Cardelloni. Cardelloni. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, the Damn Yankees. I've known about them a lot for a long time. Uh, and that's one of the first supergroups that I really know about, yeah. especially, like Ben said, before I knew what a supergroup really was. I was listening to uh, Can You Take Me Higher long yeah. before I yeah. knew what a supergroup was. And I bet a lot of people know a band that is a supergroup that they don't realize is a supergroup. And what people Super. don't realize is how good and talented Tommy Shaw is. Great voice yeah. and should have always been at the forefront of sticks, but he let the other guy... What is his name? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me pull it up. The yeah. But um. I'll get it. Go ahead. It's a race. But no. Uh, phenomenal album. Um, I love it. The first song I had was uh, "Can You Take Me High Enough." Yeah. Uh, Dennis DeYoung. Dennis DeYoung. from yeah. Sticks was yeah, kind of like yeah. the controlling person in Sticks. <laughs> and Tommy Shaw man. wanted the rock, and Dennis DeYoung wanted a uh, kind of like a, a play, like yeah. a whole show. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted to wanted orchestrate it. the whole thing. Yeah. And, and and Tommy Shaw wanted to have fun. Sure, you know? but he also wanted like them dancing on stage. Oh and yeah. Because like, he was like a theater guy, so he was all about kind of doing that. And Tommy theatrics. Tommy Shaw be on, on stage embarrassed. Doing yeah. these like acts and stuff, and he just wanted to rock, and that's why Dan Mickey's form, like he got with, because uh, yeah. he was really close with uh, Jack Blades from Night Ranger, and then they got Ted Nugent, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know. no, but that so whole it, album, the uh, Motor City Mad, yeah, man. yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. was released in nineteen ninety, uh, yeah, um, but they went on tour with that album with like uh, Bad Company and Poison. And there's one oh, of the uh, and Jackal. I think they. Oh, want to I would have loved to be a part of yeah, that. Yeah, man, can you imagine that? Like Jackal opens the stage, they're playing a chainsaw, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. what is this?" And then yeah, that's thing, that's you know, a stacked. Poison's tour. definitely playing before. Uh, wait. Uh, damn. <sighs> What's the lineup? Who's who's playing where? Jackal. Yeah. Uh, Jackal. Jackal's opening. <sighs> Poison. No, 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 no. Poison was huge in '90. Yeah. So Jackal, damn Yankees. Poison and then, and then bad, bad company. company. Yeah, yeah Dude, can you imagine that? Finish the night off with yeah. Paul Rogers. But uh, if you haven't listened to the Damn Yankees album, it's a self-titled album. I highly recommend it. Every single song on there is a rocker. It's great. It is. Bad company. Bad company is great too. Were you gonna say something, Ben? Oh, Till no, the I was day just gonna make I a joke. Die. I was gonna say out of the two of those, <laughs> if it was you and Jones, which one would you be, and which one would Jones be? Uh, like the if I was the band, if yeah. you were Poison. Um. Uh, I no, would say I don't know. No. He he's saying like Dennis D. Young and Tommy Shaw, yeah, right? Right. Oh, oh. yeah. I forgot oh. the names. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm Dennis D. Young here. Yeah, for sure. I just want to rock. As I orchestrated Act One in our uh, in our in our pre-show about the Eagles, like Jones. I could have killed him. Jones is re- reading the script I wrote. 
enthusiastically. It's all head. fun and games. Um, I was actually listening to uh, Damn Yankee's second album today. It's called Don't Tread. Don't, came out in 92. Yeah. And I had never listened to it. And I know we were going to talk about the supergroups today. So I kind of want to get a reps on it. Um, I think the first album was a lot better. It's a decent album. Uh, there's some ballads, you know, and there's some real rocking tunes on it. Um, I recommend listening to it, but the first album's way better. As for a lot of these, uh, that, the, the second album is still good. Uh, yeah. I do agree that the that the first album is is superior, but um, I mean, the, I'm all about people making music, so yeah. Sure. They got their song "Don't Tread on Me," and I wonder what that one uh, yeah. is trying to represent. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go no into idea. it. I have no idea. You never know. Is it just on a flag somewhere? No. Not a... Uh, but I was going to mention this. Because Jones and I saw Night Ranger. They opened up for Sammy Hagar and the Circle, which is another super group. Um, and this was last summer. And I, we were at the line uh, trying to get beers. And all of, a, all of a sudden, I started hearing High Enough. or um, Yeah, High Enough yeah, high from enough. the Damn Yankees. And I was like, wait, 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 what's happening? Yeah. And I didn't know at the time that uh, Jack Blades from the Night Ranger was in. Uh, Damn Yankees. Oh, so Jack uh, yeah, yeah, Night Ranger saying, played? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been great. It was really cool. They were uh, really good. They would, sounded great. I would have loved to have seen that. It was a perfect night. The only negative yeah. we have about that show, it took forever <laughs> to get a drink. I, I don't understand it. The like, old ladies were make, not working quick. Yeah, you want to make no. money. They're slow pourers. Get these people in, get them out. These people don't care if you rip them off. They yeah. just want their beer. Yeah. yeah. They just want to get intoxicated. Yeah, they don't care what they're paying. They just want to be. Yeah, so that was it. Was a really cool treat because we were there for Sammy Hagar's Night Ranger. That's cool. It's added bonus cool. But I heard that. And of course, they played uh, Sister Christian. I didn't know their their drummer sang that one. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. He actually sang that. That is about his sister. Oh, oh, learn something new every day. Yeah, we're learning all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, but damn Yankees, love it's a real good one. It's real good. Good. Uh, Ted Nugent, very underrated guitar player. Yeah. Very underrated solo musician. I've seen Ted Nugent probably six or eight times. Killed it every time. When what's, was the last time you saw him? What's the song that it's we been a while. Ted Nugent? Uh, uh, a ca- two? Cat Scratch Fever? No, the the one that's not very PC. I don't know. We, if uh, it's not if it's not PC, we cannot talk <laughs> about it here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not even touching that one. Last time, Tommy, was probably, it was before I joined the Army, uh, yeah, I so believe. Yeah, so it was probably like in 09. 09. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I'd love to see Ted Nugent. I don't know how much he tours now. I haven't really looked that up or anything. Of course, non-existent I mean, now. He uh, uh, he still looks great, mm-hmm. plays great. I mean, you don't hear that man miss a chord. That dude's on. Yeah, uh, there was yeah, the, that, that guy's just a talented musician. We Very. talked about that cover he did a uh, a few weeks ago. Remember, we were talking about our favorite covers. The one, there's one Jones you really liked. And I don't remember what the what he covered. Uh, Might have been Chuck Berry, Chuck Perry's song. Oh yeah, Johnny Be Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's phenomenal on it. He um so he loves the blues and he's all about the funk. So like during his sets, he'll play a lot of blues stuff from anybody that has ever been good at the blues. I'm working on it. As working on, it, I mean, I watched a YouTube video once and I was like, that is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and that's as far as I went. Uh, very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really cool stuff. Um. I mentioned Sammy Hagar in the circle, you know, because yeah. Night Ranger opened up for him when we saw him last last summer. But this is a group that was actually formed a few years ago, 2014. And um, you have Sammy Hagar, Vic Johnson. He was uh, in Sammy Hagar's band. The yeah, he – um, So Vic Johnson uh, – so Sammy found him out in L.A., in like early 2000s it was like man you, you could rock and he he was like a studio musician 
and are very talented, and they just fit perfectly mm-hmm. together like fucking glue. Yeah, he w- he was great when we saw him. Yeah. He like <laughs> fell off the stage like a week prior, so he was in a boot, so he yeah. was actually sitting down playing the guitar. Oh, he was on a bar stool because he broke his leg. Yeah, yeah. So, but and they were making fun of him the entire show about yeah, it. it. <laughs> like, don't get too close to the stage. So it was. Mean- that's why you know, Sammy's the man. Meanwhile, everybody else is uh, shooting shots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All the other band members. There was there was a bar on stage. Sammy was walking to like mid song and filling up drinks. Oh yeah. It was a hell of a show. I would love I, to see. Sammy I heard he again. plays uh, uh, pours tequila shots for everybody. Yeah, you know, everybody does. in the front row. I would row. love to he's see. He's like, Sammy put your drinks up, and he pours. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, and yeah. he just poured. Yeah, no, shots he's for definitely on the bucket list. By the bottle, like everybody in the front row yeah. is getting a shot of tequila. Yeah, I would love. Yeah, to see everybody him. putting their drinks up, and then of course uh, uh, their bassist, Michael, in the circle, Michael Anthony from Van Halen, yeah. him and uh, Sammy Hagar are very tight. So they, you know, the, the chemistry is is very evident on stage. They have incredible chemistry, and then honestly. At that age, I don't know if you'll find somebody that has that good of a voice. Yeah. I mean, Sammy? he could sing anything, and he sounds incredible. Um, the, yeah, he still got it. I want to mention the drummer, and then I got a question to ask you for Jones. Um, Jason Bonham, drummer of the Circle, of course, son yeah. of John Bonham, yeah. who is in Led Zeppelin. Jason Bonham has his own band, uh, Led Zeppelin Experience. And I will say, Jason Bonham is phenomenal. Jason's he great. He's great. He's a phenomenal He's, drummer. If, he, if like if his goal is to play. Uh, to pay tribute to his dad like he did that 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah it's really cool because when you see led zeppelin experience he has this whole like kind of uh photos of him and his dad yeah. and then he actually uh like play has his dad playing and then he plays with him yeah so i saw him really cool. i saw him talk at guitar center he did a um like kind of a session um and i kind of stumbled upon to it at virginia beach me and my dad were there um, in, in person you saw him yeah, yeah, yeah. oh that's really and uh he was saying uh, it, it, the way he just talked about his dad and how he knows he's never going to be able to fill his dad's shoes, but yeah. he's going to do everything he can to pay tribute to mm-hmm. his dad. And he knew how influential his dad was in the music industry as, as a drummer. It was just, it was, it was very moving, but also it, it showed how well, how good of a musician, not necessarily, not even, not even just talking about like him as a drummer, as a musician he is, mm-hmm. as, as far as the respect he has for music and what he's going to do to try to, I mean, you know, just play music that he wants to play and the, play music to the best of his ability. So he's he's he phenomenal. Does, he definitely does yeah, that. Sure. Um, nobody will ever hit the kit like John Bonham. No. I mean, he hit it incredibly hard, and he didn't need mics where these other drummers need them because he had such a loud sound that he sounded incredible, and he he had great timing. John Bonham laid the groundwork for yeah. so many of these great drummers today. And even if you even jazz drummers, blues drummers, whatever, they all have taken inspiration from John John mm-hmm. Bonham. We know uh, Don Henley needed those extra mics. Yeah, around the set because he wouldn't give me a third mic, and uh, I just we went, to, we went to Bill Simpson and he gave me that third mic. I just couldn't hit it nearly as hard as John. Yeah, could. I can't. Yeah, well, it's, and they're also killing it on the pipes. But um, also with uh, Jason Bonham, we saw him in. Okay, last year. Uh, we he just kind of talked about how, how humble he was. Yeah. He doesn't talk about it. I saw how humble he was because he was just so appreciative that Sammy Hagar actually let him join this band. And he was like, and he kind of talked to the crowd. And he was like, he's like forty something. He's like, look, he's like, I've been trying my whole life to get in like a big band. And when I'm like, he was like, he's might be forty five, fifty now. So he was like forty five. Sammy Hagar asked him to join the band. He's like, then I finally made it. So he's like, all you mus- musicians out there, yeah, don't give up hope. If you uh, if you haven't yeah. checked out the his Howard Stern interview, I definitely recommend it as well. It's really cool. With, uh, there's a the whole band, the circle, yeah, yeah. Sammy Hagar and the guys uh, talking to um, 
Albert Stern. It's a, it's a great yeah, interview because yeah, yeah. uh, Stern asks everything. He's like, yeah. oh, wait, so what's the latest with uh, you and Eddie Van Halen? He's like, ah, you know, not well, great. Yeah, not great. The, the thing about Stern is he asks what he wants to ask, you know? So uh, Yeah, he's on top. But yeah, and then he, uh, they perform. I, I don't know what song they do. They did uh, uh, Finish What You Started. Finish What You Started, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I love that. It's one it, of my favorite really Van Halen great. songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a Sammy. It's great, yeah. Sammy wrote it yeah. uh, with uh, Eddie. Uh, yeah, playing, yeah. playing on his little drum pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it has a little, <laughs> little Jason Bond's playing a square. Yeah. And just there's like yeah, six dr- little there's six little machine, squares in this yeah. big square, and he's just do, 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 hitting it. So Technology has come far. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, now, Jones, you were talking about how you love Sammy Hagar's vocals and how they're phenomenal. Sure. You've asked the question before, uh, as him to replace Robert Plant and Les Zeppelin if they ever were to, uh, you know, tour again, which yeah. through this point probably will never happen. Um we talked about if Sammy is a good choice. Uh, you know, Chris Cornell would have been a good cho- choice before. Um, <clears throat> I guess if you, you want to kind of dive in, like, why do you think Sammy would be such a good choice to replace, as opposed to any other singers or uh, Robert Plant, even nowadays? Well, uh, Robert doesn't have the voice, first and foremost. Um, and he's kind of taken on a different avenue because he knows that he doesn't have the voice anymore. And I like Sammy because Sammy, uh, he stood the test of time. You know, he was in Montrose. They were great. He was in Van Halen. They were the largest band in the world. And so he's not stepping into something that's too big for him. He's he's right in his wheelhouse. And in all honesty, he he's not going to play anything he can't play. Yeah. And I've heard him sing Led Zeppelin songs, and he sounds incredible. And he could add a little something to these Led Zeppelin songs that Robert Plant may have never done. And I I think uh, Jimmy Page would love that. I think Jason Bonham would love it. They'd find a really good, you know, group of musicians to play with them. And I, I think it'd be phenomenal. Uh, has it been in the works and we just don't know about it? Have they ever talked about it? I don't know, but I'm sure Jimmy Page has hit him up if he's thought about it. Yeah. Because... Uh, I mean, Sammy's got that in his wheelhouse, but I don't. I don't like Sammy for Led Zeppelin as my first choice. Do you have a first choice? I you, do. You, would you care to share? Sure. Uh, Paul Rogers, no question. Okay, no yeah. question about yeah. it. That would be that'd be good. How is he nowadays? I haven't really seen anything from him in Paul Rogers. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's he's one of those Doing guys well. that he keeps to himself. He's very humble, and he's very with it. So mm-hmm. he always keeps his uh, vocals in great shape. Uh, he looks phenomenal, and I mean, he's ready for anything. I, I think Bad Company will have a huge year in 2021 if he wants to, but he yeah. has to want to do it. And uh, there's nobody I'd rather have as a lead singer for Led Zeppelin than Paul Rogers because he could sing all those songs and they'd be. So the the key to playing in Led Zeppelin is you have to have soul, you have to be upbeat, and you also have to be able to sing the songs without breaking stride and he could do all that without question Jones just gave you all the keys to being a rock star guys yeah, I wrote it down it's wisdom it's wisdom if you didn't hear the clicking of the pen um, but I, I meant to say this well I actually just looked it up but there's a uh, The Circle live album called At Your Service where they play mostly Led Zeppelin songs and a lot of Van Halen songs so you actually can kind of hear uh, Sammy Hagar singing yeah. these Let's Happen songs, and then uh, I guess judge for yourself. That album's at your service, so definitely check it out. Um, yeah, he does a he does a great job on rock and roll. He, do, he does phenomenal. It's 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 really good album. 
God, I got ash in my eye. Oh, God. <laughs> Man uses his eye as an ashtray. Never smoke. It's, it's, it's his first time smoking it. a cigar. <laughs> That's it, Tommy. You got to smoke that thing all the way down. I'm going to oh, give God. you a clip. It's getting. Yeah, I need yeah, to. He'll get, give you the roach clip and. Uh, give me that roach clip. My burning eye. those fingies. I'm wearing glasses too, and that did not help me. He had his PPE. <laughs> it, burnt, it, it burnt that too, but I didn't want to mention it, Ben. Well, um, since we were talking about Sammy Hager, I wanted to mention Chicken, Chicken Foot too. Sure. Now, no, those, those Chicken Foot is another crazy. super group. Um, I don't know if you would just say it's bigger than the Circle. No, no. no. Okay. Because um, I never got to see Chicken. You know, they couldn't really tour or anything. But this band was formed in 2008. And you had, of course, Sammy Hagar, uh, Joe Satriani, the guitarist, who we've talked about before, a really good solo career. Insane uh, guitarist. And you had Michael Anthony, the same bassist from The Circle, and Van Halen. And then the big change-up was Chad Smith from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. And that was kind of the biggest uh, problem. They couldn't really tour with Chicken Foot, at least later, because Red Hot Chili Peppers had such a heavy touring schedule. So that's what kind of uh, ended that band, I think kind of what started The Circle. Yeah. It's because of uh, Chad Smith. But it, they got a really good sound, too. They're... They're almost um, just straight rock and roll because Joe Santriani, he's just all over the place. It's a rock and yeah. album. No, I, I, I agree. The first one. I was supposed to see Chicken Foot at the uh, the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame in Cleveland, but something came up, and uh, I feel like it was on their end, not my end. I can't really remember right now, but I feel like they weren't able to play that night. Uh, something happened. Like it the happens. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame told them they couldn't play. Interesting. And so that's why they didn't put on the show, but I was all about going there. Yeah, they'd be it'd be a good show because they really rock. Yeah, you know, it's, it would have been a good show. I really enjoyed listening to the album because I listened to the album like a few days ago for the first time because I've always meant to get chicken chicken listening to Chicken Foot. And this was the uh, my excuse to get to start listening. Um, not that I needed one, but yeah, there's a bus going by. Get out of here! Um, but it, it really rocks, man. It, it is really great. Um, I just wish to go to more, but. I got to see Sammy. You know, I can't complain. Sammy Hagar is the man. Yeah, I'd love uh, to see Sammy Hagar. Yeah, but we'll get we'll get the chance, man. <laughs> but what I love about Sammy as well is because he's always down in Cabo, you know, Cabo yeah. Wabo, and he uh, is kind of, <laughs> acts like it's like his like home, and he yeah. invites everybody. So I always see him talking on Instagram. Be like, people are like, when are you going to be down there? He's like, I'll be down to this and this. Come on down. Like he invites everybody to come down and go and hang out with him. So I would love to, like as a place to travel, I would love to go to Cabo and, and be able to True. see, hang out, just. Be in the vicinity. I totally agree. That's on my bucket list. I definitely want to go down to Cabo. I want to hang with uh, him. Uh, not him, hang him with him. Him and Zeke. I don't want to say I'm going to hang with him. I want to go there. I want Toby Keith to be there. Mm-hmm. And, True. Uh, I mean, I want a- uh, Adam Levine to be there because he's uh, part owner in uh, Tequila Company with yeah. Sammy Hagar. Yeah. And I want Michael Anthony to be there. And then... Uh, you know, whoever else you want as an artist to fill in. but We I got want, a trip plan, boys. Yeah. I uh, I just want Sammy to, you know, go on stage. I'm on vacation, and then all of a sudden Sammy comes out, and you're yeah. like, oh, we're about yeah. to party. Yeah, I'm sure he puts on a hell of a show down to Cabo. You know, he's relaxing. Just, yeah. he's, so he was so relaxed at uh, Wolfpack in, what was it? Northern Virginia. Wolf Trap. Wolf Trap. This is the Wolf Pack. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. I'm yeah, that Wolf Pack place is a good joint. Yeah, I could. I was like, uh, I was like that kind of sounds right, yeah, but I don't hey, know. You have a place called the Wolf Pack. You better have Patrick Swayze there to be the bouncer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what that name of that bar was in that movie? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look it up. Because uh, I love the name. Hold on. Wolf Pack. Wolf Pack is the... Um, in uh, the Hangover, he's like, 
Yeah, yeah. We're, we're the wolf pack guys <laughs> the double deuce yeah. that's the name of the bar in roadhouse and i was like that is the spot that sounds like a place blaine would like he would if you can't roundhouse somebody uh roundhouse kick somebody in the face then you don't yeah. belong there let's see your roundhouse kick tom oh, it's like, <laughs> where's my crashing sound yeah. effect uh, everything goes to I actually, <laughs> I actually saw a fight not too long ago online uh, you had us up to you had us in the first I half. Know, I know. You, 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 you think I could be calm if I saw a fucking fight? That's what that's what it sounded like. But uh, the video is great because the man perfected the roundhouse kick, and the other guy didn't fall down. <laughs> oh, that's a tough it was a heck SOB. of a kick. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was. Tom's was, giving birth, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, baby. Lexi, your baby's born. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's how it works. Comes out oh. of me. Yeah. I've seen that Arnold movie. I wouldn't recommend it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm more of a kindergarten cop guy. Okay. Okay. B- back to the supergroups. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot that's what we're talking about. Um, you you want to talk about cream? Oh, Ben, you read my mind. This is what I just did in my pants. Uh, okay, all right. Uh-oh. Tom. So Tom's no longer part of this podcast, but um, so I was, I just wanted to... Why did you turn my mic off? Just, I just want, kind of wanted to see what other people thought about supergroups, so I just Googled top 10 supergroups, and then it gave me a list, and Eric Clapton is in five of those supergroups. <laughs> basic B, how, what is a supergroup? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. should I be listening um, to? But yeah, Eric Clapton is in like, he's in multiple supergroups. Chris did. But, um, he is. So, Cream, yeah. they formed in 1966, and Eric Clapton was a part of the Yardbirds before, yes. which is kind of why... They didn't form in 66. They formed in 68. The uh, Oh, no, you're right. Cream. 66. Cream. Yeah. They Cream formed did. in 66. Yeah. 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 Um, but the Yardbirds, because Led Zeppelin was like the new Yardbirds, and that's kind of why they call Led Zeppelin a uh, super group, yeah. because they were like, the you know, and uh, John Bonham and Robert Plant were in Robert like Plant. Happy Joy or some. I can't remember the name of their band. But anyways. Who? The, the band that Robert Plant and John Bonham were in before. Oh, New Yardbirds uh, and Led Zeppelin. I'm not like, sure about that. It's like Happy Joy. Yeah, I can look it up. Uh, but... It is. Uh, it is something Joy. I do know that. All right, maybe I'll look that up. Uh, yeah. Chris, nah, I don't care. Look it up on your own time, people. <laughs> <laughs> Must be. We'll get that out of here. Ben uh, is killing it right now. The outdoor toilets are always the best. Always the best. What are we talking about? So, uh, cream. Uh, Eric Clapton. Cream. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Chris mentioned earlier, but it's widely regarded as the kind of the first yeah. supergroup ever to form. They are known as their first supergroup, yes. Thank yeah. you, Jones, for that validation. Yeah. Now people can start listening to me. Ooh. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. And um, what's the kind of supergroups? Um, so he's also part of Derek and the Dominoes, which I yeah, have yeah, not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek and the Dominoes are good. They only came out with one album. Yes. And they had Layla on that one, which yeah. kind of uh, put them in the stratosphere. Yeah. You know what Layla's Fuck. about? Yes. Enlighten, it's a, enlighten it's a, me. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and tell us. Uh, so uh, it's it's about George Harrison's wife. Yeah, Ooh, uh, learn something new every day. Eric Clapton had a uh, fascination or an obsession with George infatuation. Harrison's wife. Infatuation. That's the word. Jones, it's my guess, my guy. Um, he wrote a song about her, uh, Patty Boyd. Yep. Obsessed. And he later uh, married Patty Boyd. You know, George Harrison yeah. divorced. Yeah. So Patty Boyd. He uh, whole mess. He asked George Harrison, uh, "May can I marry your wife?" And I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said I yes, and then so him and Patty Boyd got married. Yeah, and These then music the, people are crazy. And then they got divorced. True. Um, I just oh, recently Jesus, watched Walk Thomas, Hard, what and is that this? reminded me of when he's like, "Yeah, 
we love cheating on our wives too. Yeah. You didn't yeah. send any women our way. And you didn't pay for drugs once. He's like, and you had sex with me? I've had confused feelings ever since. Yeah. <laughs> the fellow bandmate. That's I love Walk good. Hard. Real good movie. It's an amazing movie. It's on Netflix right now. Ben watched it. I uh, I might watch it again. Five nights. Right. Oh, one of the opposite. I usually watch Not Another Teen Movie, and then so the other night I can watch yeah, uh, Walk Hard. Free. Walk Hard. I love that movie. love both those movies. They're both. You know, I don't like actual real movies. I like just parodies yeah. of movies. Can we get back to Kareem? <laughs> Agreed. What, what do you got to say, Jones? Uh, yeah, so uh, Cream was one of the bands I really wanted to talk about. I didn't know you guys would touch on this. I'm I'm impressed. I like it. Uh, so they were only together for three years, and it was comprised of, like Chris had said, Eric Clapton of the Yardbirds. Uh, he's in the hall. Who had uh, he also had Jeff Beck and yeah. Jimmy Page in the Yardbirds uh, about uh-huh. a band that you had previously talked about. And think about that for a second. You have three of the greatest guitar players ever assembled in one band. And they all work well together. They Phenomenal. didn't try to outshow each other. They didn't try to. That's what I love about Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton takes music to another level as far as he recognizes t- other talent. 100% which he does. A, which a lot of other musicians don't, especially now. Um, Chris, a lot you're, ki- you're killing on everybody. A lot of, ooh, ooh, a lot of, that's why these, that's why you don't find super groups anymore is because everybody has to be the best. We, we can start one. Everybody, I can tell you that's not happening right <laughs> now. Give us a couple years, guys. But someone like Eric I'm Clapton, uh, even like Sammy Hagar or anything like that, they recognize other talent and they want to, like, look at the Charlie Woolberries. Like, look at that lineup. That's I'm, nuts. I'm, I'm looking at it, Chris. If you, if you try to, if you try, if I'm a manager and try to put that get put that together, that's not happening. That happened organically. So the fact that those, all those guys were like, "Hey, we love working together. We obviously work well together. Let's let's mess around. Let's jam." And it started with the jam. It didn't start with let's try to make a great album. It was like let's get together, let's have some fun, and it all starts with that. That's not happening nowadays. Yeah, it's that organic chemistry. That's not. I can other. tell you for a fact, and we won't have a super group or anything like that for a lot of years. Cause look, look at our fucking Grammy nominations. It's dog shit. So so none of that is gonna happen. But someone like Eric Clapton recognizes talent. You got two other insane guitar players. Mm-hmm. On the same level, and they're all they're all just jamming. They're all just having fun, which is which is the most important part of making music. Yeah, and then uh, so the other two members that round out uh, Cream are Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce, yeah. and they were formerly from the band Grand Band Organization. Uh, so even though Cream was only together for three years, they're in the Hall of Fame. That's pretty yeah. fucking Which impressive. It's cool. That says a lot about the band. Eric Clapton's the only guy or only person to be uh, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with three different groups. Uh, well, two groups uh, on solo. Eric Clapton, Cream, Derek and the Dominoes, and Solo. Yeah, and solo. that's Eric good. Cla- yeah, yeah, Eric yeah. Clapton and all that. And Very all three impressive. were great. Yeah. Uh, and they came out with four albums, and they did two final farewell shows in 1968, and they played them at Royal Albert Hall. That's a fun fact. It, yeah. Isn't that the? I'm getting confused. Isn't that the the name of their last album? Is their like uh, final farewell? They have one that says like the last goodbye. Yeah. Last goodbye. And yeah. then there's like yeah. an al- and there's an album after that. So I don't their know. fourth album came out in 1969 with material they had already previously recorded. Yeah. Very. Yeah. It could get very complex. Well, yeah, that's really good. I, I like it, Chris. Thanks. Yeah. One one thing I was listening to Cream. You know their uh, most famous song, maybe uh, White Room. Um, 
and I, I was listening to that. I was listening on Spotify on my TV, um, and so it was showing the lyrics and then also behind the lyrics. So you could sing along, Ben. Right, and I, I didn't realize how that song was written. Yeah. Um, it was kind of interesting. It was, it was written by somebody else um, kind of as like a monologue uh, discussing apartment, allegedly, but also the guy, um, I, I don't remember his name. I'm, I'm blanking right now. I, I don't have time to take notes. Eric Clapton. <laughs> no. Um, Tom, you have a... He was debating whether to continue ah, uh, writing um, monologues and poetry or just stop. Interesting. Um, so it, very interesting. I beg to differ. I don't think White Room is their most famous song. I think Sun, Sun, Sunshine Sun, of yeah. Your Love is. When yeah, I hear it's that Sunshine song, of Your Love is big. Yeah. White Room is great. We gotta what, add it to, I love add White to Room. Playlist after this. Uh, uh, when I Sunshine of Love, you heard it. When I lived times. in Ohio, the first job I had, I worked at a place called Days Fireside, and it was a restaurant. It was a shithole. And uh, <laughs> we used to always play 1029, and they would play White Room on that uh, radio station all the time, and I really enjoyed it. Hot 1029. It made me realize the dungeon I was in, and I was like, <laughs> this is where Shit. I'm at right now in life. Jones can't listen to certain songs by himself. Um, we found this out last week. I could listen True. to that one. Oh, it, we'll never it, know it why. It doesn't bring back a dark place. <laughs> but uh, oh. Sunshine of Your Love is an incredible song. Yeah. It is. Well, the, their whole album, I looked it up, and their, their second album is like one of the, like critically one of their best albums, and I, I listened to it earlier today. Again, getting the mindset. What's the name of it? All right, since you put me on the spot. Okay. Get on it. And I got another group to talk about as well. Well, we got plenty of time, Chris. All the time. What's the band again? World. Cream? Cream. Obviously. <laughs> trying get, to buy myself time, but. Get with it. Uh, we're just stalling. We're just okay, so, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Disraeli Gears. Disraeli Gears. That that's their second, that's second too, one, it? yeah? It's their second uh, album. Uh, no, which one's White Room on? White Room is on Cream. Oh, that's oh. their first album. Yeah. Yes. Well, <coughs> Seth titled. Fresh Cream. <laughs> Tom, you're fired. <laughs> their first album is called Fresh Cream. I think it's on their Wheels of Fire album. We need to get closer to the mic, Ben. We can't hear you. I think it's on their Wheels of Fire album. <laughs> don't, don't need to yell, Ben. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, Wheels of Fire, White Room is uh, the big single on that one. Yeah, good work, Ben. Good work. I like it. That was good stuff. And they formed in uh, London, like all those London. bands did. Yeah. They they just played at the same places. They were all connected. They all knew each other. Yeah. Yeah, and London was a great scene in the 60s. London well, was insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but another group I kind of wanted to touch on is, I don't know, I, this is the first time hearing of this group, is Them Crooked Vultures. What? Oh, I was going to talk about that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. What do you got? Go for it. Oh, I was just—I was going to talk about it later um, because I was going to talk about you know how supergroups and you know a lot of them sound good, and this one should have sounded good on paper, but in my opinion, it was not the sound I wanted because I, what's, what's, the band, what's the band again? So it's Dave Grawl, John Paul Jones, and, and Josh Homme. Yeah. I I do agree with what you're saying, Ben. Um, it is a different sound than I expected. I I did like their album though. I mean, okay. it was. Good, but what, what was the band again? I didn't hear you. Yeah, they didn't Them have. Vultures. They didn't have the energy. Right. No, not at and all. I do agree with that. Yeah, all yeah. of their songs, I felt like each one was pulling in one direction of something that they've already been a part of. Yeah. And so it was just like, uh, you know, it was leaving me yeah. wanting to listen okay. to the real. Group. So this was uh, 2009. Yeah, so this is newer. Yeah. yeah, they toured in 2010. Yeah, I don't like that group at all. First of all, Dave Grohl, a phenomenal musician. We always we already gave him his own right. Uh, John Paul Jones, he played with you know yeah, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin phenomenal yeah. bass player, mm-hmm. great 
great bass player. All right, he he has his own right. And Joss Home, uh, he played with uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, yeah. uh, I honestly, Eagles of Death or whatever. He is a weird dude, and yeah. I do not like his voice at all. Like, uh, so I always watch this show uh, called Sammy Hagar, uh, Rock and Road Show, Rock and Road Trip. I was close. Yeah, uh, I got, I got, I got almost there. there. But anyhow, he You're was so weird. Like everything Sammy asked him, he had to pull out of that dude. And <laughs> I was just like, dude, this guy's so strange. Like you ever uh, watch something on TV and you feel awkward because mm-hmm. like somebody is so strange? Yeah. I feel That's that right, I feel. I, right I, now. I feel that with yeah. hanging out with Tom all the time. Yeah, and I was it's, just well, it's like, all it's all me. Yeah. So crooked vultures for me. Never did it, and I was never a fan. Do they have talent? Rightfully Clearly. so. Clearly, talent's yeah. all there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just... there. But, I mean, if I was drawing names of a, out of a hat, yeah, I might come up with a weird band like that, but never do I want to hear them play. Yeah, right. no, it, it, Ben kind of hit on the spot. It it should have, on paper, insane. That's an insane band. But, it's like but the Cleveland deliver- Browns should have won the Super Bowl last year on paper. <laughs> but deliverance-wise, oh. you know. Sports reference. You don't really get see. You don't really hear those on this but on this I, show, honestly, especially I, from Tommy. I don't know how that it's group true. was put together. I, I didn't have time to do. Um, yeah, I'm not research on it. Sure, but B- busy man Ben. It, it was just. Um, I, I was listening to them. It was just like, oh man, I I know why I haven't you know listened to them before. Was, and my yeah. favorite song, "No I One Loves Me, Neither Do I." That's the song you should check out. I enjoyed it. By, that that by, was good. By, by them, them crooked vultures. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's their kind of like their that's the song that everybody Now, really I got likes. a question. Should we add it to the playlist after this? No. No. Okay. <laughs> it's not worth it. Our that. first denial uh yeah. sounds like four thumbs down. I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back, guys. Are you, are you, <laughs> Chris oh is going to leave God. us. Okay, stall stalling with yeah. Accurate. Chris, you just got booed out of here. Okay, how are we going to do the show without Chris? I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll figure that one out. Yeah, the, the crowd seems to like what we're doing. Um, Who's your next band, Tommy? Though this one I actually meant to talk about because Eric Clapton was actually in another supergroup that we didn't get to. This one's called Blind Faith. Yep. yep. Now, uh, this was before Derek and the Dominoes, so they uh, formed in 19. They only lasted for a year, 1969 to 1970, and um, he was with uh, Steve Winwood, who was from the uh, Spencer David Group and Traffic. So two great bands. That uh, and Steve Winwood solo career, you know, he's phenomenal. Um, they only released one album. I actually haven't gotten a chance to listen to it. I just saw it and I thought that was really cool. I had no idea Eric Clapton was in a, a supergroup band with Steve Winwood because we love Steve Steve Winwood. Um, with his, you know, he really gets the uh, the '80s like pop hits going and just like the, like the '70s rock stuff. So we're big Steve Winwood fans and Eric Clapton. So, I, so I'm I'm a little excited to uh, check this album out. Yeah, they're good. Uh, so how that group got formed is Steve Winwood and uh, Eric Clapton are really good friends. And actually, when I saw Eric Clapton live at Blossom Music Center, Steve Winwood had opened up for him. Oh, okay. He played Blind Face stuff, he played Traffic yeah. stuff, and then he played solo Steve Winwood stuff. So yeah, I would love to see Steve Winwood as like an opening act with like Eric Clapton or something. Like that would be a, a phenomenal show. <clears throat> Chris has rejoined us. Chris, how did your bathroom break go? It was great. I, I washed my hands for 20 seconds. Nobody nobody worry. Uh, he didn't wash his and, hands. Oh, now, and now Ben's going. Chris has set a precedence <laughs> where it is appropriate now to take a Look, uh, you bathroom gotta break in the middle of the show. Look, you got to do what you got to do. What were you guys talking about? Uh, we were just talking uh, S about you, man. Like, we're like, Chris this, Chris that. 
<laughs> we uh, you know, and then now it's Ben's turn. I'll bend this, and then Ben, and also that. Um, but no, I, what I was uh, what I was thinking about is when we went back and created our own super groups. If we had an oh, influence, yeah, yeah. yes, from current super that, that was a. Like, that was a Blaine question or a heat wall question. One of those guys. It was a great question, uh, like from the fan mailer. Or yeah. heat wall segment. I might get a text from Heat Wall being like ah, yelling at me, as he always does, but I always appreciate his uh advice. Of course. It, him listening. We always appreciate Heat Wall there for us. All right. That's not no more burp. Uh, who do you got, Chris? Here. Uh who's another super group you got? Um Well, I got one. All right, I know yeah. Jones is, Jones has shown me the ropes on this band. It's Asia. Asia, that's a great one. That uh, is a great one. See, I, d- I never knew until we were. That's so another one I haven't listened Jones to. Jones and I. It was the heat of the moment. And then we got sued. Um, <laughs> so we were driving to Rolling Stones. Uh, Megan's dad was Nemo. He was driving. Jones in the front seat. Uh, Lexi and I in the back we were driving to Rolling Stones concert. And then Jones was. <laughs> He was spitting facts while I'm trying to go fall asleep in the back. He was talking about Asia and how it was a super group with the guys from Yes. Uh, we got Jeff, Down, Jeff Downs and Jeff or John Wetton, um, these two guys from Yes, which is a great band, um, that they actually formed with, uh, well, no, John Wetton, what, Steve Howe, Jeff Downs from Yes, and they met with uh, lead singer John Wetton. And just, I had no idea. They were, I just thought they were a band on the right way because they had a decent amount of albums come out. And usually a lot of super groups only come out with like, a couple albums. They yeah, usually don't last like, for very long. Yeah. They're not something that's meant to be permanent. Um, but they actually came out with a decent amount of albums, so I was pretty surprised. Um, but I really like Asia. I listened to their first album, uh, the eponymous debut album. Yeah. And uh, I love their sound. You know, everybody knows Heat of the Moment. And uh, <laughs> Ben is back, and he is singing. But they actually formed in 1981 on a uh, – no, I said yeah, yes. And then uh, I think the guys from – yeah, yes had a uh, like a break, as Jones is having a break now as he has just left us. Um, but they had a break. Everyone's abandoning the podcast. <laughs> when do I get to go? Huh? Never, never. I didn't know we had uh, miniature bladders on the on, on this tiny, w- on tiny, this week's episode. Tiny. We had many many bladders. But they're uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jones is attempting to yell from the bushes, which he is. He said uh, maybe deep. we've been drinking. Maybe we've been drinking. Yeah, maybe we have been drinking. Um, but they released their first three albums with the lead singer uh, John Wetton. And he has that iconic voice you hear from Heat of the Moment. And then he left the group, and they had uh, when all they, When did albums. he leave? He left he, before... So three albums. I think it's like 1985. Yeah. He left because they had three albums from 1982 to 1985, which are decent albums. It's, a yeah. li- it's, a, it's, it's pop rock, you know. They had like yeah. kind of that synth, yeah, yeah, yeah. synth sound for sure, for from sure. the 80s. They were taking full advantage of that popularity. Um, <laughs> but they, they're kind of membership gets a little crazy over the next 30 years because John Wetton, their lead singer, uh, kind of was in for a little bit and then out, and they had different drummers. So their band's really kind of been all, all, over, all the over the place. Maybe similar to the Eagles' yeah. uh, like membership. They've just been all over the place. But age is good. Um, you know, Jones brought us the uh, the knowledge that they are the super group. Um, yeah. Yeah, but also growing up, I listened to a lot of uh, Crosby, Jones Stills, and Nash. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, super group. Yeah. Jones just flushed, and he came back again with long flush, Jones. Uh, I'm back, he, I'm back in the saddle again. <laughs> back in the saddle. Again, we're going to get sued again, man. We're getting killed this episode. <laughs> no one, yeah, anyway. Um, he's a Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah. And Young sometimes. Yeah. Def- definitely a super sometimes, group. Yeah. Um, I love them. Because they were in uh, Buffalo Springfield, mm-hmm. uh, David Crosby, and uh-huh. Stephen Stills are in, uh, and Neil Young was in that. So they kind of just kind of 
moved over because they got a uh, Nash. You yeah. know, Nash. He really yeah. But that's a lot growing up. Um, a fan. They are great. I love Our House Ohio and uh, House. and uh, Sweet Judy Blue's Eyes. Do you like Ohio? Those. Yes, Ohio is a good one. Ohio? All the all their songs. You know, we're talking about put, relaxing. You listen to Crosby, Stills, Nash. For it's sure, hundred percent. You're gonna yeah, be relaxed. Put, put baby. titties. It really is. Woodstock's really good too. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I read Don Felder's book, uh, Heaven and Hell: My Life as an Eagle. Ooh, um, and he, he was. Read. Yeah, it's a really good read. I uh, <laughs> I can't recommend it enough. Ben, if you're interested, yeah. I own it. I can send it your. I, I, I was get, told I didn't know how to read earlier, so. I don't. If, if I said that, I don't even remember. The, 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 <laughs> just tell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd be interested. No, because I give books to Ben, and he actually reads them. And I give books to Chris. He does not read them. I give books to Jones. He loses them. Yeah. So, that's. I want to read. Uh, well, I get that. I, I want to learn, Tom. Yeah, we'll teach him someday. We'll bring out the hooked on phonics. We'll uh, yeah. help Jones out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a a band I also want to talk about because Jones is a big Guns N' Roses fan. True. Um, we want to talk about Velvet Revolver. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have Slash, Duff, yeah. and Matt Sorum from Guns N' Roses um, teaming up with Scotty Weiland, lead singer of STP uh, Stone <laughs> Temple Pilots. And then uh, you got to include the rhythm guitar player. If you're uh, do that. Yeah, uh, David Kushner. Dave yeah. Kushner. Yes. Yeah. 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 Insane. He's and from he uh, Wasted with, Youth. Yeah, Wasted Youth. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I remember with Velvet Revolver. You know, when I was listening to them uh, years ago. And yeah, I didn't even it's realize. Going on the playlist. I, I didn't even realize, you know, who was in the group, yeah. because just you, you've got the name, you know, you got Guns N' Roses, you've got Velvet Revolver, so you don't even think about the artist when you're not, you mm-hmm. know, paying yeah. attention. You're a little kid, and then it's like, damn, these are the same people. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Velvet Revolver is great. Uh, Scotty Weiland is obviously the front man of that band. He's incredible. Uh, they came out with two albums. They formed in '02, and uh, they you know played through 08 and scotty's voice was great for the rest of the group of the guys because he was exactly what they needed and uh it it formed a great super group and i I really like that because uh the thing with scotty is uh so he wasn't um musically inclined as far as like an instrument player but like if you had the words for him or if you played him like uh, say Say Tommy's uh, slash, and he played him like a guitar riff. He could write lyrics yeah. in ten minutes. That's how good he was. Yeah. And it just came to him. Uh, that voice is one of a kind, and you could feel that voice. And uh, I mean, his harmony was incredible. And I actually, it was very random. I was just uh, scrolling through Instagram today, and uh, it was a Howard Stern set where they played, uh, you know. Uh, sl- uh, Take that back. Uh, on Howard Stern, <laughs> Velvet Revolver played uh-huh. Slither, and they yeah. played it acoustically, and it was incredible. Insane. Uh, and I could feel, um, uh, I could feel it in Scotty's voice. He looked terrible. And, <laughs> um, Dude, do you know what year it was? I don't. Um, yeah. It didn't Cause say. That, that depends because we know uh, Scotty Weiland died 2015. Because no, it was it was March or It was between 02 and 08, I believe. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure when it came out, but yeah. uh, you could feel the uh, energy in Scotty's voice, but you can also feel like the disdain in his voice, mm-hmm. and that's what I really loved about Scotty and all grunge uh, singers is you could feel um, their vulnerability, and that says a lot in a. You know, lead mm-hmm. singer. 
Right, we talked about that before. That's why people love Kurt Cobain so much. Not necessarily how great of a singer you are. It's how people can relate to you and like feel the emotion and the 2000, pain. 2004 is when they did it. When who did what? Velvet Revolver on Howard Stern. Oh, okay. Chris, you're good. I needed you earlier. Is that when the Contraband album came out? 04? I believe it did. I it, think it did you're come right. out in 04. Yeah, I'm 100% yeah, yeah. sure I'm about that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, they had a, that was a huge album success for them. And uh, fun fact, I remember I was working at Best Buy, and uh, I remember- For, for Big Bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 2004. Fucking Larry Bird. Yeah, Larry and, Bird. Uh, I remember- <laughs> uh, <laughs> A uh, little backstory. Uh, I used to call this manager I had at Best Buy Larry Bird because uh, she looked like Larry Bird, and she was as big. She was a huge, huge. She had the body of an owl. Think about your middle school librarian. Uh, you couldn't fit two arms around her as an adult, rather alone a kid. This is a big version of Larry Bird. Yeah, huge. And uh, she a big was a female version. She was a terrible human being, and uh, that never left me. You know, they say time heals everything. I still can't stand that lady. <laughs> but either way, uh, what I was getting at is I remember how quick that album was going off the shelves. Yeah. And people loved that album. Mm-hmm. Jones was in the music se- yeah. section. Yeah. I can't imagine Jones Always. working at Best Buy. I, think I can't imagine Jones working. Yeah, where Jones in working. I, I can just imagine. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, you know, at Walmart, you would have, like, those uh, headphones that you pick up off the wall and like, yep. put on yep. and, like, listen to yeah. a little bit of songs. Like, Jones just, like, listening to it. Like, yeah. Larry Bird walks up behind, like, all right, take those <laughs> off. Time to stock those shelves. Like, jo- no. yeah. Jones and Authority, they do not uh, they do not mix. No, I... Uh, Jones is the authority. Another true, story. Man. I remember I was I was really big into the Cavs at that point, and uh, at that point the Cavs had a, a guy named LeBron James, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I believe we were in the playoffs. It might have been a regular season game. Oh, I don't I remember. remember the story. But I was in the uh, home theater section <laughs> <laughs> at Best Buy, and I was in a recliner, and I had the seat reclined watching the Cavs game, <laughs> and I just remember her coming up, and I just saw like. Her face. She didn't even know what to say. She was so mad. How? And I was just like, all right, I guess I got to get going now. How long were you employed there, Jones? I was seasonal, so I oh, was there okay. for like eight months or something. But I oh. honestly. Oh, eight months. That's a, that's I, a, that's that's a two weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a few seasons. I yeah. couldn't have been happier to go, and they couldn't have been happier to see me go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, I'd pay money to see Jones work a bit. So there's a. It's not an official super group, but it's a pretty cool tour that I wanted to mention. Um, you know, Bob Dylan toured with uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers as like his band. He did this in uh, 1986, and 1987. And um, if you watch the Running Down a Dream documentary, uh, they talk about this, yeah. and it kind of kind of reinvigorated the Heartbreakers because they were just kind of in the lull of just touring with themselves and playing their music. And they knew, you know, they could give, uh, yeah, give do a show front to back. inspiration and, and that, that extra bit of drive. Yeah, they, they had to be on their feet because Bob yeah. Dylan, you know, a true musician, he just like changed the t- change the tune of the song, and just like ch- or change just how he sings, and they had to be like always on the to- on their toes because they had no idea how he's gonna actually perform. Yeah. on that specific show. So I, because uh, they did a couple tours together for a couple years, and uh, I know, in 1987, one of those shows, and they actually played at RFK in uh, in DC where the uh, Redskins used to play, they actually used to play in D.C., um, where they actually had the Grateful Dead open for Bob, for Bob Dylan, and <laughs> yeah. then Bob Dylan played with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So I was I like, that would be that, one yeah. hell of a concert to go to. Yeah. Not that you're the biggest, I'm the biggest Grateful Dead fan, but I think that would be the, the greatest time for, for me to see them as like an opening act. Absolutely. 
Um, you know, they're, they're a little contained. A good good intro into yeah. That they're not. World they don't have just free reign of just yeah. going nuts. So, um, yeah. so I, that would be the only way I would love to see the Grateful Dead. I didn't yeah. know you were a Deadhead, Tommy. I like a couple of their hits. He's wearing a tie-dye shirt right now. Not, yeah, it's true. 1987 came out with their, uh, what's the big song I like, Chris? I'm completely blanking now. 19, uh, Touch of Grey. Touch of Grey. Yeah. 87 is when Touch of Grey came out. I feel so, okay. They play, if they play that one, and, uh, woo, yeah. and then, granted, I mean, you hear Bob Dylan's songs. Um, but it'd be a great chance. <laughs> I think you're, <laughs> Blaine, Blaine is rolling over wherever yeah. he's at right think, now. Ah! Yeah, Blaine is a big, big, no, big Bob, Bob Dylan, Dylan has fan. some good hits. I, he does. I enjoy some of them. Better songwriter than singer. Of course. True. Um, I meant to say yeah. this with Traveling Wilburys, um, but Jeff Lynne was talking about how he was so glad to be a part of a band, the Traveling Wilburys, yeah. with the best songwriter, with the best vocals, yeah. and that's Bob Dylan with Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison. So he was, just, he was glad to be a part of that just for that. You reason. got it. Yeah. yeah. Roy Orbison, yeah, he's a serious voice. Yeah, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Real powerhouse. Yeah. I would guess you, power. Would you think that would be a better uh, opening act than a stand-up comedian? Um, so if Ben and I saw the Goo Goo Dolls, um, and Goo Goo Doll, they played, they sounded great. They played other hits. I'm the biggest Goo Goo Dolls fan, but they sounded great. Tom stood still the entire concert. (laughs) I've never seen such a soldier. I was uh, stone cold sober, and I didn't, I don't, so I didn't get to do any pre gaming for that show. That's your first mistake, Tom. Well, I didn't get to do any pre gaming, and I wasn't going to buy a bunch of drinks there because you got to spend an arm and a leg to get like two drinks. Um, Lexi was dancing. It, it was almost like yeah, she, she had wanted to be a stripper because no. Tom was a pole. <laughs> he, she, oh, well, she, was, she was having a good that, time. That uh, <laughs> might have went over a line somewhere. Tommy <laughs> was a statue. Lexi's going to be listening right now and then come over and just slap me. <laughs> 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 it, it wasn't, no, 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 no. I was just busting balls. No, I appreciate it. It's great. Uh, we had a, a great time. But what Ben brought up is um, they had a stand-up comedian as their opening act. And it's not like if you go see Metallica... Uh, who's the stand-up comedian who Jim Brewer Jim Brewer yeah. puts on a hell of a show because he's like promoting and talking about uh, Metallica and you say how great Metallica is and you can maybe talk s you know talk bad about other bands like what's the other comedian we listened to who who did a stand-up comedy act for Aerosmith and he just he just talked crap about the uh, Rolling Stones the whole time to the crowd and they loved it and they ate him up and they like we need, they wanted to go on tour with him he was the guy who uh, talked about Sam Kinison yeah I know who you're talking about I can't remember I can't his name oh it was uh, Kenny something. Yeah, like Kenny Clark or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, he's on Joe Rogan. He was talking about this uh, a few years back. Yeah. Uh, but that's how you got to do it if you're opening comedian. You're a comedian for the opening act. You got to like pump up the crowd, you know, and do something like that. You can't. Just, he's just trying to do his run of the mill jokes and his stories. And that you know, watching stand up comedy stand it up. This is at the anthem. Uh, the dude uh, got eaten alive. Like they were just booing. They were literally booing this time. They're like, "Get off the stage!" Like it was, uh, it was brutal. Shut up. Yeah, right, we're talking about supergroups. Let's get back to it. Yeah, let's get back to it. I don't have any. But that's all I have, guys. You guys have any other supergroups to talk about? I, th- I think we're all wrapped up. I think we're no, all I'm wrapped, not wrapped up. up. <laughs> Jones oh, is just shit. beginning. Hour two of Duck and Rock in the Basement. Take like it away. It. Take it away, Jones. Give Heat Wall a long one. <laughs> Give our one listener a long one. Uh, yeah, so for me, uh, one of my favorite supergroups is Bad Company, which was oh, Paul man. Rogers, yeah. uh, Simon Kirk. They were in a band before uh, Bad Company called Free. Uh, Mick Ralphs was in Mata Hoople, and then Boz Burrell was Bless in you. a band called C- King Crimson. Uh, if you've never listened to King Crimson, it's a different sound, but if you're into something different and you, you want something different to listen to, give King Crimson a listen because... They might just be up your alley. Yeah, King Crispin, Crispin, 
King Crimson. Crimson. Uh, yeah, so they formed in 73. They came out with 12 albums, and they were signed under Swan Song, Rec- Swan Song Records, and they were the first band to sign under Swan Song Records, which was Led Zeppelin's personal label. Did Led, uh, Led Zeppelin make that? Did they manage that label? or? Yeah, Led Zeppelin uh, managed that label. Oh, and that's, it's a, that's a fun cool. fact is uh, John Bonham told the guys in Bad Company, you better not fuck this up. <laughs> Coming from John Bonham. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine funny. that. Well, so, he was telling, yeah. him, telling him not to party too much, and yeah. John Bonham is this and known party. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love Bad Company. Bad Company's had a lot of great records, uh, and they they have a great sound, and I really enjoy their sound. Uh, crazy thing about Bad Company, they are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's how terrible the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. Do you look at the list of the people who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then you realize who isn't. That's how you know they're. It could be a, a bit of. Big, I mean, there's some good ones in there. I mean, of course, absolutely. Sure. But there are also some due. great ones that aren't yeah, in there. Right. That I you're mean, like, why isn't this happening? It's biased. There's Which, there's gonna oh, be any oh, yeah. uh, you know organization that's yeah. biased. Uh, another uh, couple. Uh, super groups that we didn't mention. Uh, Mad Season with Lane Staley, Mike McCready of Pearl, uh, Jam, Pearl Jam, and then uh, a couple other guys uh, that were in bands in the grunge movement. And honestly, uh, they, they formed just to stay sober. And uh, that was pretty cool. You know, even though it didn't work. One of the guys died of a overdose, and yeah, then they, unfortunate. Yeah. they made two records, and then they disformed. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I got Queen with Paul Rogers on here simply because uh, Brian May, uh, Roger Taylor, and then they they had a bass player. I, I don't know who it was, and then they had some uh, musicians to fill out the set. But Paul Rogers, uh, that album they came out with was that album was incredible. Uh, I really enjoyed that. That that's a show I'm still kicking myself that I didn't go to yeah. because I had the opportunity to see that show oh, when uh, in Cleveland in 08 when it was still called the Gundarina. Uh, I really enjoyed that album, and I, I love what Paul Rogers did on that album because he wasn't trying to sound like Freddie Mercury. He was doing his own thing, and it sounded great. Uh, also... I got the Highwaymen on here. We didn't mention that. Yeah, we did I talk was, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, if, in case you didn't mention it, I was be like, we got to mention Highway because yeah. we talked about it a little bit earlier, and we uh, we can't do that to our that's, listeners. Ed, that's a favorite of the Talking Rock in the Basement. We love Highwaymen. Yeah. Uh, I love it because it's, you know, it's the um, kind of the pioneers of outlaw country. Yeah. You had Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, and Chris Christopherson. Um, well, they formed in 1985, came out with their album. Uh, that's a know, super popular I ever heard one. Yeah, no, it's a the, we love the solo or the yeah. single hit Highwaymen. Highway it's such a phenomenal song. If you've never listened to it, at, at, anybody who I played for it, played for that them for that song, and they uh, hadn't heard it before. They they loved it the first time yeah. they heard it. It's you know a single is good when you feel like you've heard it before. It's going on the playlist tonight. It, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Um, but they actually recorded three albums, and I didn't know that. I only know of the two. Yeah, I, th- I thought there was only two as well. Where's but there's the actually third? three. It's on there. You got to find it. But what I really, <laughs> what I really enjoyed, what I saw, they actually uh, made a movie together. <laughs> now in 1986, <laughs> like everybody from Highwaymen starred in a made-for-TV action no western way. drama titled Stagecoach. Now this was uh, there was a John Wayne movie called Stagecoach came yeah. out in uh, 1939. It's an old one. It's a little bit newer rendition. So I definitely want to see this. 
because I love um, all those guys. Yeah. Love where they enjoy, where I love all their solo work and especially them together, especially in a movie. Yeah. I'm uh, those dudes were on top in the, on the '80s too. Uh, Tommy, tell tell the people who was in the band. Uh, with Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and Chris Christopherson. Yeah. All great. And uh, if you don't know anything about Chris Christopherson, check out his life story. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Tommy schooled me on it, and uh, I've been a fan ever since. Yeah. It was crazy. He was a janitor. He was cleaning up the record studios. He said, he, a quote he talks about, he's like, I was cleaning up these guys' ashtrays, and then I ended up playing for them. It was, yeah. it was that's, incredible. That's nuts. Yeah. That's a, that's um, a story right there for Chris you. Christopherson, like, blew up yeah. in the 70s. after Because he, um, I can't remember the song he wrote. Something about, uh... I can't remember, but something about smoking weed and trying to walk around. And Johnny Cash, you know, known for his our narcotic usage, uh, he gave it to him. Like yeah. um, Chris Christopherson was a uh, he was a ranger. He was a, a helicopter pilot in uh, in uh, Vietnam. Vietnam, and so he knew how to fly. And so one time he uh, he got his in his heli- or in a helicopter, and he yeah. flew it to Johnny Cash's home, landed it on his yard, yeah. walked up and handed him his recording of yeah. his this uh, new song he wrote. And jo- Johnny Cash loved it, and he loved his ambition and everything about it, yeah. and he automatically put it up. And the next what, thing you know, Chris Christopherson uh, was huge. I'm trying to um, – Big and Rich did a song where Chris, uh, Chris Christopherson introduces the song. Mm-hmm. The 8th, 8th of November. Apparently oh, there's a big yeah. raid of uh, on, on Vietnam, and uh-huh. he goes – uh, Chris Christopherson uh, uh, kind of sets up the song as far as like, like this is what happened mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah, and, and, uh, Big and Rich did it. Yeah, good yeah, song. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, they're they're great. I love Highwaymen. You know, you yeah, you can't get enough of that. I love Outlaw Country. Yeah, I just realized I still have my sunglasses on. And that's why Chris can't see anything. He wears his sunglasses at night, so he can so he can record the podcast. True. Uh, another. Uh, super group we didn't mention was Power Station. I was actually thinking Power Station myself. Yeah. So I was listening to this earlier this week, and of course, I, when we listen to some uh, great hits, we uh, take a picture of this sc- and make a screenshot, and then we send it to our buddies and let them know we're listening to the hits. So True. maybe they can listen or just you know give us a, a what's up. I didn't get any screenshots. Yeah, but I didn't send it to Ben. <laughs> ben didn't get it. I actually just sent it to Jones. Because <laughs> Jones loves Power Station. The reason I want to bring this up, Jones loves Power Station so much, he um he loves their cover of T-Rex's Get It On, Bang a Gong. Yep. So... I lived with Jones for, I think, three years. And a good portion of those three years, Jones would <laughs> wake up. Every, so Jones wakes up at 4 a.m. to go to work. You know, utility man, you got to wake up early. And I was working in retail, so we didn't have to wake up so much. So he didn't have to wake up that early. But every single morning, like 4 a.m., Jones would wake up, turn on his, uh, his speaker, and then blast. Uh, get it power on, bang a gong, buy power station. You hear, and I was like, ah! Great put, song to wake up. Put to. the pillow on your head. Now I heard sometimes he'd uh, he'd blast Cotton Eye Joe too. He definitely would blast Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, that one helped me out. <laughs> that one that one helped me out one time. We were, uh, we were drinking and then had to work at like one p.m. the next day yeah. at the retail. Yeah, I heard you were, you were asleep at like twelve forty-five. I was fast asleep. And then Jones comes busting in my door, <laughs> blasting Cotton Eye Joe, and I'm like ah, you yeah. know, so and it got me up, and I made it to work. I time. um, I played that song because uh, Cotton Eye Joe because. I got absolutely hammered the night before, and I needed something to get me back. And somehow, randomly, I thought of Cotton Eye Joe, and I was feeling it. And then so that song came on, instant energy. That'll get you going, and 100%. I was back in the game, and I missed no beat. I started drinking at like 8 a.m. <laughs> One of those things they call a bender, baby. Um, but we've, I, had, I, we've I, had experience with those. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, but Power Station, we love, is, is Robert Palmer. 
lead singer. He's got yes. a, you know, a song, Addicted to Love. He's got a lot of great tracks. Um, there's actually the former drummer, drummer of the band Chic. Um, so you're like, Chic? I was like, who the hell is Chic? But you actually, if you play like the two big Chic songs, you will know them. Know them. One's called La Freak and Good Times. It's just disco from the 70s. You play it, you'll be like, oh, I know this song. So I was like, oh, I never heard of the band, but you know the songs. You don't know what they're called. But they they played them everywhere on these like you these easy it. listening stations like ninety four seven the drive they played it uh, probably fifteen times a day. But I, I love their kind of like funky pop sound. Their uh their first album was very eighties, very very eighties. But their second album I actually listened to and it was because it came out like ten years later, like ninety five or something, and it was like so nineties. Yeah. So they're so with the times. So that's um. But you you hear that the T Rex cover get it on Bang and Gong and then you're uh. You're pretty much set. You don't really Who were the other members in the band? Oh, yeah, good call. I got a little sidetracked. Um, <clears throat> the other guys from uh, we got Tony Thompson and some members from Duran Duran. I didn't actually write them down. Yeah, there was two members from Duran Duran. Yeah. And Tony Thompson was from uh, Chic, the drummer. But <clears throat> Check out Power yeah, Station. Yeah, that's good stuff. Hey, yeah, man. Well, I got, I got nothing else. <laughs> Wrap it up. I like it, Chris. It was a marathon. It was. Uh, it was a lot. That, oh, my goodness. Much, much, much more hour that 30. could be shared. But, always uh, yeah, we love super groups. Check them out. We can't stress that enough. Yeah, this, this episode could go on for hours. It but. really could. It really could. Well, we appreciate everybody listening today. Um, as always, if you feel like writing into us, comments, questions, whatever, you can always contact us. We love the us. fan mail, so have at it. Yes, you can contact us on facebook.com slash basement, or if you decide to email us, you can email us at talkinrockbasement at gmail.com. Or if you feel like following me, you can tweet me at, uh, what was my thing, at Tom J. Ozio on, uh, on the Twitters, and you can check me out on Instagram at Tom Ozio. Uh, yeah, if you want to give me a, uh, I don't know, give me a look. Uh, no. Uh, it's that kid Chris on Instagram and it's that kid Chris on Twitter. What if I want to knock on your door? Tom's address <laughs> is 4856. Knock, 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 yeah, make sure you check out uh, the Rock Solo episodes coming up every uh, Wednesday this week. I'm interviewing Chris. All right, thanks, guys. We will uh, see you next time.